Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. Nothing But Net loves to take a little bit of a deeper dive. And today we are joined by Daryl Trujillo, who is going to help us with some mid-major breakdown. There's some conference tournaments going on right now in the mid-majors, and we want to show a little love to some of those leagues that don't get as much exposure as some of the power leagues. So, Daryl, thank you for being with us. Always a pleasure, Debbie. Yeah, listen, you're kind of like an expert out there on the WAC, so I know you're out there covering that tournament right now, so we're getting live coverage tape delay from the uh, tournament. So tell us what's going on in the WAC. So we've reached the final four in the WAC. Um, Stephen F. Austin will play Utah Valley in our first semifinal. Utah Valley was the NCAA tournament representative a year ago. Stephen F. Austin, new to the WAC, was the Southland tournament representative, so it's a battle of two NCAA representatives from last year. Stephen F. Austin won the regular season by three games. They beat Utah Valley in their lone meeting. Um, I think it was like a 18 point victory or something like that in Orem. Um, the tricky part about the WAC is there was no second game between the West division and the Texas division. So um, Dan Nielsen's gonna have to take that first tape and uh, take what they did well and try to you know, sustain it. Um, key here is going to be how they handle Stephanie Bisher and Zaya Nugent, how they defend them, how they defend the three-point line, because SFA can shoot the three as well as anybody. Um, for Utah Valley, you've got a du Josie Williams on the block from last. I think just gets better as her career progresses. I mean, I think she's had a double-double in all but two, three games this year. Um, she's all whack first team selection. And really what makes them go. Um, yesterday afternoon against uh, UTRGV, it was the Maria Carvalho show. She was a uh, six of 15 or so from three-point line um, in, in an impressive win against a, a UTRGV team that was looking to win three games in three days. Um, UTRGV was the only team that knocked off SFA. Um, in that second semifinal, you've got a CBU team that is uh, looking to get their uh, – First win over Grand Canyon for this year, although the Lancers beat the Lopes all three times last year. So it's kind of a, a flip of the switch for Jared Olson and Molly Miller as they get ready to do battle this afternoon at uh, 2 o'clock Pacific. Is that Molly Miller's third year at Grand Valley? Uh, Grand second Canyon? year at Grand Canyon. Second year at Grand Canyon. Okay, so she's done a very nice job in building that program up. Um, who do you expect to see in the finals coming out of there? And if not, uh, if there's an upset, uh, is there how many teams might play in the postseason out of this league? Um, if an upset were to occur, you, I don't think we'll get two NCAA tournament teams. You could probably see one NCAA, one WNIT, and a WBI for a total of three. I think the, the resumes of the teams in this league are that good. Um, I, I see SFA winning the whole thing. They beat CBU in their only meeting in um, Nagadocious, Texas at the tail end of January. Um, Jared Olson again has done a great job. Caitlin Harper won player of the year for the second straight year. For the second straight year, a Lancer has won that award. I just, 
Stephen F. Austin made them look really had a tough day offensively in Nagadoshis. And it's if they get through Grand Canyon and Molly Miller's pressure defense, I don't know that you can they, they can be Grand Canyon and SFA on back to back days. Daryl, is there one particular style of play in the WAC that permeates the whole league? Like, is this a defensive league? Is this a three-point shooting league? Is there some commonality amongst the teams? Worth, I, I like to think of us as a three-point shooting team. Um, although Molly Miller is changing the reputation of our league into a defensive league because them and SFA are in the top 10 nationally in turnovers forced. And in steals per game, I believe the Lopes are leading the nation in steals per game last time I checked that category. Okay, so I think Lamar uh, is a team out there that has in the past has led the, the nation in steals as well. So I'm guessing small, quick guards and uh, really good scheming on the defensive end. Yeah, small, quick guards, really good scheming, but really, really, really good players all the way around defensively and offensively. Like I said, you've got Josie Williams and Caitlin Harper as our two premier post players. Ani Oleda, one of the top guards in the nation. Um, if CBU's stats were eligible, eligible to be put on the national leaderboard, she'd be second in assists per game behind by, I think it's like a tenth of an assist. Behind Caitlin Clark, who leads the nation. Yeah. Okay. All right. What about the Colonial Athletic Association? What do you know about them? In the Colonial... Um, Drexel and Delaware. I, I just, I have a feeling about those two meeting in the final. And I grew up out in Delaware, fair, fair disclosure. I grew up in Delaware. I was a Delaware fan from the Atlanta Deladon teams till now. Natasha Adiera has done a wonderful job there. And Amy Mallon too has done a really good job stepping in for Denise Dillon, who went over to Villanova. Um, I love what Jasmine Dickey's one of my favorite watches in the women's game. Uh, 25.0 points per game, third nationally in scoring. Um, the Hens were second in the regular season. Yeah, the only difference that lost to Drexel at the uh, at the DAC. Yeah, it's a great league. I mean, there I live in the southeast, so we've got some teams in the Colonial that are in this part of the country too. So uh, the East Coast is very well represented. I know Natasha Adair personally, so I know how hard they work. And Jasmine Dickey. Uh, what do you love about watching her game? Because I can tell you what I love. I love that she can flat out get a bucket anytime she wants. I love the three-level aspect. You, you like the three-level scores, right? I do too. I love that she's got a mid-range. I love that she can stretch you out to the three. And then I love that she's got a blow-by. Yeah, there, that'll be a really interesting final should Del, uh, Drexel and Delaware meet for the championship, which it looks like they're heading in that direction. What do you have about the Big West, Daryl? What you got there? The Big West has been the UC Davis show for the last couple of years. Uh, expect more of the same. UCR um, under Nicole Powell, who was at GCU before Molly Miller, has had a been the surprise of the league, I think, this year. Nine wins. They were expected to finish 11th by the coaches and the media. Um, and Powell has done one heck of a job um, Get, getting her players to exceed those expectations. Um, they'll play this afternoon in a uh, second round game. Who was the coach of the year in that league? Um, coach of the year was, I want to say it was Jeff Cameron from Long Beach or Jeff Cannon from Long Beach. Um, 
and Long Beach, he's done a great job. I've loved what he's done with Long Beach State too. Um, when when Jody Wynn left for Washington, he stepped right in. Had a, one kind of you know year of getting uh, acclimated to the big chair, but from then on, it's been smooth sailing for for the 49ers. Or I guess they like to be called the Sharks now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, what do you like about the Big West? Like, who are the two teams you expect to see in the finals out there? And, and the same question about the postseason for that league. In terms of bids to a tournament, I don't see the Big West getting multiples. Right. I, I just don't see the quality scheduling. Like, they're playing the, the P5s, but they're not hanging around. Like in I, did, I didn't like, mean to infer yeah, in, that. I didn't mean to infer that any of these leagues would be more than a one-bid league. I was just meaning like the NIT or other options afterwards. Okay, in, in terms of – okay. So you're looking – probably the same as the WAC. You're looking at a, at an NCAA auto bid and then your WNIT, and that's it. Unless the WBI is at, you know, its full its full song again of 30 whatever teams, they, 16 teams that they normally take. Um that's the big question for me. That was the big question for Grand Canyon last year after they fell in the WAC final was, would the WBI take it, an extra team? As it turned out, they didn't. So you um, mentioned Her Hoop Stats earlier. Her Hoop Stats does a Becky Hammond mid-major player of the year. Give me your top three players, uh, Daryl, for that award. For me, it's it'll be Dickie, Vischer, and then Harper um, – they were all on the watch list at the start of the year. Um, they Jasmine haven't done anything. Dickey, Jasmine Dickey from yep. Delaware. And then tell me Caitlin who the Harper other players from, are. Caitlin Harper from California Baptist, the uh, WAC player of the year, 18 points per game, uh, six rebounds. And then Stephanie Vischer um, from SFA, 14.3 points per game, okay. just under seven rebounds a game, and then a 38% three-point shooter. All three were on the watch list at the beginning of the year. Haven't done any – Anything to, you know, fall below expectations, they should – it'll be those three, and I, I expect one of them to earn it. Okay. And Especially then, um, Dickie missed some at the beginning of the year, too. Yeah. Um, so um, tell me about um, the transitional debate that you have experienced out there with Grand Valley – or Grand Canyon, excuse me, and then um, what you've seen happen on the men's side. I know you have an opinion about that. What is it? So the transition rule reared its head again this year with uh, Bellarmine's men. The Knights made their way through the A-Sun. They won the tournament, um, just like CBU did. the CBU women did last year. And just like the CBU women, they couldn't go to the NCAA tournament because they're still transitioning to D1. But what I'm seeing online is that the Knights are not being allowed into the NIT, which I do have a problem with. Um, if I think CBU set the precedent last year, if we're going to let transition teams play in the NIT, then you have to let Bellarmine play in the NIT. Um, it, if if we're not going to do it that way, then we have to look at this the transition rule because to me, if you earn the bid, you earn the bid, transition or not. Um, you've earned that spot. You've earned that chance to play in the NCAA tournament. Like Jared Olson at CBU said in an, uh, in an interview with Sports Illustrated, okay, let us play, but take away our, um, our, our tournament share. 
send that tournament share to the conference to divvy out. Um, but don't punish the kids and let my kids have the opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament. Even though we might, you know, we might draw one of the top four, you know, Stanford or a UConn or somebody of that nature. The transition teams deserve the same opportunity to, you know, if they've earned their bid, play in the NCAA tournament as the full-fledged teams, but maybe, like I said, divvy out that conference revenue back to the conference office. So you think the NCAA—that's my take on the. You think the NCAA should take a look on those teams that are tra transitioning from two to one, and whether they do or don't allow them play in the postseason. If they do allow them to play in the postseason and they win, they should reap the benefit of winning, and then maybe their share go back to the conference. Absolutely. I mean, it's—we'll never know what that last year's CBU team would have done in the NCAA tournament because of that rule. It sounds like this year we'll never know what this year's Bellarmine men's team would have done in the uh, NCAA or the NIT because of that rule. Um, and, it, and I find it kind of you know perplexing that they let the CBU women into the NIT, but they're not letting the Bellarmine men into the NIT. Yeah, the, the, the tournaments are run differently. As you know, the NIT on the men's side is owned by the NCAA and not on the women's side. So there could be a difference of leadership and philosophy there but i think it's a good point either either way i know personally my son is transitioning from d3 to d2 and they didn't get to play in their conference tournament because of the transition which you know i know what you mean it's unfair these kids are moving up a level it's not like they're moving down a level they should be able to play but that's just the way the rules have been in place and uh, i don't like it either personally but that's what the rule is for now it's good that you're bringing it up yeah, and it's something that I hope as teams begin to, you know, ponder transitioning and their, you know, their futures as a program, maybe it is something that the coaches association, you know, needs to present a proposal to have redress because, like I said, okay, the CBU women last year would have probably been, what, a 13-14? But who knows, the way they shot the ball, they could have given somebody, a, you know, a 7 or a six or a five some trouble yeah well daryl here's what we're going to do we're um we're going to wait till some of these mid-major tournaments finish because we still have a lot on the deck for women's college basketball and determining who gets to play and who doesn't on selection sunday and then once we get closer to the sweet 16 if we've got some of those mid-majors hanging around we'll get you back on to give us a breakdown how's that sound absolutely fine that is perfect all right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much, Daryl. Any parting shot for uh, your final say on the podcast? Because I know you're a big fan, so I know you listen. No, just give your local mid-majors the same watch as you would give a P5. Um, I mean, a lot of our games are on the ESPN Plus. And just hop on and watch those games because I know those kids appreciate it. Well, there's some good teams out there, and thank you for highlighting some of the better teams in the WAC, the CAA, and the Big West for now, Daryl. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you being a part of Nothing But Net. Yep. Have a good one.